I want to talk to you about what makes an awesome volunteer. What, what sets some volunteers apart? I mean, people that are just a cut above, people that do what they do. I, I want you to write this down because I'm believing that that's the kind of volunteer you are or you will be at one point in your life. The first reason why a person becomes an awesome volunteer is because, number one, they are Christ-centered, Christ-focused, and Christ-glorifying. Awesome volunteers do everything for the glory of God. Awesome volunteers recognize that everything they do, whatever they do, it's all for His glory. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 tells us this. It says, but whatever you do, if you eat or drink, that's one. Okay, a lot of people come to church and they take advantage of the fellowship. You know what I'm talking about, eat or drink. He says, if you eat or drink or whatever you do. In other words, when you get to that point when you go beyond the eating and the drinking and the whatever you do, whatever you do, a, a Sunday school teacher, a small group leader, a worship leader, a worship team member, someone who comes early to pray for the people of the church, those that volunteer in the house of hope, those that volunteer with our children, those that volunteer with our youth, our young adults, whatever you do, in whatever capacity you do, those that take out the garbage, whatever you do for the glory of God, do it all for his name, in his name, for his glory. I mean, think about it. If we, if we did everything for the glory of God, if we understood that we're not doing it for the pastor, but we're doing it for the master, if we understood that everything we do in life, we would get up with a different mindset. If I got up in the morning and I said, I'm going to work today all for the glory of God. If I got up in the morning and I said, I'm going to school all for the glory of God. I'm being trained for my career all for the glory of God. I'm going to get a cup of coffee and I'm going to bring it to my co-worker all for the glory of God. I'm going to, I'm going to snow blow my neighbor's driveway all for the glory of God. If we understand that everything we do in life, we could do it all for the glory of God. Listen to what he says. Paul says it's eating or drinking, the simple things of life, the simple things. The things that we take for granted in life, we can do all for the glory of God. All the way up to ministering in the, in, in, in the capacity of a pastor, whatever it is, everything we do, it's all for the glory of God. Why? Because the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12 that we're to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to the Lord. And everything we do then becomes, listen to me, an act of reasonable worship unto God. So an incredible volunteer, an awesome volunteer, recognizes that they show up to church not for Pastor Steve to serve. They do what they do at Hope Day not for Pastor Steve, not for anyone else, but for the Lord Jesus Christ. When you recognize that you're doing it all for the Lord, man, it makes you an awesome volunteer. It makes you a faithful volunteer. It makes you a committed and passionate and excellent volunteer. And so the second characteristic of an awesome volunteer is that they are, listen to me, passionately professional in everything they do. They have passionate professionalism. An awesome volunteer, they are energizers. They're the original energizer battery. When they get together in groups, when they start to collaborate in team meetings, man, it's so powerful. I, I have seen volunteers who really take seriously what they do. 
I mean, I've watched Esther, and I've watched Henry. I've watched people that have been serving in this church. I've watched George. I've watched people that do what they do, and they take it serious. They're passionate. What does the word passionate mean? That word passion really means that we are intense. We're fervent. We do it with heartfelt passion. We're excited about what we do. I meet people. I, I met, a, I met a, a man who teaches in Sunday school for our kids. And, and his name is Dale Anderson. And I had lunch with him. And I've been talking about this dude for a couple of weeks now because I was so blown away. Dale Anderson. We went to lunch a couple of weeks ago. We're having lunch. And he's telling me what he does. He's a pastor, Steve. He says, you know, I, I lead a, a one group, and, but, but he said, but my passion, my passion is to teach young men and women the Bible. Uh, I, I actually have a passion to teach preteens, you know, about the Word of God. And, and he says, you know, I get up every morning and I, and I study. I want to be really prepared for when I meet with these young kids because, man, I'm passionate about seeing God do a great work in their life. You know, and I thought, man, while I was, while I was eating with this guy, I had a flashback. It was powerful. I had a flashback that when I was 11, 12 years old, I was going through a really difficult time. I grew up without a dad. And, you know, when you grow up without a dad, you know, the, the truth of the matter is there's a hole in your heart, man. And, and, and it's difficult growing up without a dad. That's why one of the things that I'm passionate about is finding young men, in particular young men who don't have any dads. And I just take them out to lunch and pour into their life. Love doing that because I know the, the hole that was in my heart, and, and, and I know there was people in my life that, that helped to fill that hole in my life. No, nobody's going to ever take the place of my father. Nobody, except for God the Father. But, but no one on earth is going to be it. But, but there are people that have been in my life that have filled the gaps and, and filled the holes in my life that have been powerful. And so I had a flashback. Dale is actually talking about how he loves to pour into young people that are 11 to 12 years old. And, and, and I had a flashback of when I was in Sunday school, and I had a Sunday school teacher. His name was John Hale. And John Hale was in his, probably about in his 50s, you know, somewhere he had gray hair, you know, so I guess he was in his 50s. And, and John used to meet me after the Sunday school class and just say, how you doing, Steve? Everything okay? Can I pray about anything? I remember going on his boat. We went fishing together, and he just invested in my life. I remember times when John used to call my house, how you doing, Steve? What's going on? He used to follow up. He did everything with passionate professionalism. He didn't just show up on a Sunday morning, but he took it serious. He knew that there's a young man that I can pour my life into. And you know what? It was amazing. Years go by, and, and I, had, I had moved away because we were living in Florida for a couple of years, and I had moved away from Florida. We moved back to this church here. I started coming to this church when I was six years old. We left this church for a couple of years to move to Florida, and then we came right back, and I gave my heart back to the Lord when I was 19 years old. I mean, I got on fire for God. And now I'm in my 30s, and the church has gone from about 300, 350 people to 600 people. And I get a phone call from my mother. And, and, and my mother says, Stephen, I, I got the number of your Sunday school teacher, John Hale. I said, you did? I had lost total contact with this man. She said, I, I want you to call him. I said, absolutely. Give me the number. And I'll never forget. It was a Sunday night. And I was in my office. And we had just finished service. And I walked into my office and I sat down and I made a phone call. And I called up John Hale. He must have been in his late 70s, maybe 80s. And I could tell his voice was a little frail. And I said, hey, John, this is Steve Malazzo. 
I said, do you remember me? And he said, oh, yes. And I don't know if he really remembered me, but at least I made, you know, I felt good that, 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 that he said he remembered me. But, but I said, I said, John, I said, I just want you to know. I said, I was that, little, that young boy, 11, 12 years old, that you poured your life into. I said, now I'm in my 30s. I said, and I'm pastoring a church, John. And John, I want you to know, hundreds of people have given their hearts to Jesus. And John, I want you to know that I've gone on missions trips. I want you to know I have such a passion in my heart. I have such a joy in my heart that I know Jesus. And God's doing such a great work at Bethlehem Assembly of God. You see, I'm a pastor now. And I'll never, I'll never forget John. He said, Steve, wow, I'm so proud of you. That's awesome. And I hung up the phone, never to talk to John again. But I think, I think the Lord wanted me to call him just at the right time to let him know that God never forgets anything. Hebrews chapter 6, God is not unjust, but God will never forget what you have done to love him as you serve others. What a powerful scripture. God is not unjust. God sees everything. You may think the pastor doesn't see what I'm doing. You may think the pastor doesn't remember, and I'm not going to remember. And for you volunteers that got this, this little token of our appreciation so that you can put it somewhere to remember that we are blessed and we remember what you have done. But there's going to be times that I'm going to forget that I'm not going to see it, that I'm not going to go over to the children's ministry and see you jumping up and down with kids and pouring into their lives. And it may be a Friday night when you're ministering to young ladies, and I will forget. I won't see it. But I want you to know this one thing. God is not unjust. He sees every prayer that you pray. He sees every time you hug a kid in the name of Jesus. You love somebody. He sees every time you show up at practice. He shows He shows up in you and you show up in him and you show off for him by doing everything that you do for the glory and honor with a passionate professionalism and God will never forget it and there will be a day when he'll say well done thy good and faithful service because when no one else saw it I was keeping a record of all the things that you did and it wasn't simply for the pastor it wasn't even for simply for that kid but it was for me because whenever you do what you do you're actually doing it for me because the Bible says if you've done it unto the least of these you've done it unto me notice what he said in Hebrews he said God will not forget the love that you have shown as you serve and help his people they're not our people they're his people and we serve them because they are his people See, a volunteer that does everything with a passion is a volunteer that brings everything that they have to the task that God has given them. Romans chapter 12, verse 11. Never, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Wow. These volunteers do everything with a sense of excellence even when they're not getting paid. Why? Because they don't do it because they're getting a paycheck. 
They do it because they really believe in what they, they're doing. They believe that every kid deserves to be loved and taught. They believe that every person deserves their very best. People bring, hopefully, their best to work, don't they? I hope you do. I hope you bring your best to work. I hope you're the best employee at your job. If you're a Christian, you should be the best employee at your job. If you're not, don't tell them that you attend Bethlehem Assembly of God. But you are expected as a volunteer to bring your very best. You're expected to be on time. You're expected to give your time and do it with a with a glad, sincere heart. And if you're not glad, at least do it with, 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 with excellence. How much more should we bring our volunteering to the next level and do it with a professional, passionate energy? Awesome volunteers do everything with an exceptional level of professionalism. It doesn't mean that we know it all. It doesn't mean that we always get it right. It doesn't mean that we're more qualified than other people. You know, here's what I found. I found that it's not the most qualified people that are the most effective people in volunteering. I find the most effective people in volunteering are the people that are fat people. Fat people are the best people. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, fat people are the best people in the world. Yeah. Faithful, available, and teachable. Now, you could stop being so nervous. I did not lose my mind. Turn to your neighbor and say, fat people are the best people. Faithful people, available people, and teachable people. They don't know it all, but they're faithful. They just show up. I'd rather have somebody that shows up that doesn't have all the knowledge than somebody that says they have the knowledge but doesn't show up. Available. I'd rather have somebody that's available. I'm available to you. You know what I look for in people? I look for in, in leaders, in future leaders, in people that are going to go the journey with me. I look for people that show up and say, Pastor Steve, I'm available. I'm available. You decide where I belong. I'm available to you. I'm going to take that mountain with you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take this journey with you. You're the one who has to lead. That's why I, I, I love, I'm going to say it again, I love Henry. Henry Henry's a very intelligent man. He's a very sharp man. He's a lawyer. He's very sharp. But you know what? Every meeting we have, at the end of the day, he goes, okay, Pastor Steve, what is God saying to you and where do we need to go with this thing? Sometimes I wish he'd say, no, we got to go this way, you know. I'm like, no, no, no. He's, where are we going with this thing, Pastor Steve? You lead me, and, and you tell me what we need to do, and we're going to get this thing done. That's what we need, faithful, available, and teachable, teachable, because we don't know it all. I don't know it all. We have to maintain a spirit of, man, I can learn something. You know, I was telling my staff last week that when I first started pastoring, I used to get a lot more letters than I get today. I don't know why, but I used to get a lot more letters, you know. And, and um, some of them were good letters. Most of them were good letters. And some of them were not so good letters, you know. And some of them, you know, when people wrote, they didn't write their name. It was anonymous. I just want you to know those letters, I always throw them away. I don't even read them. I don't read anonymous letters. Never. Never read anonymous letters. Because if a person doesn't have the courage to even sign their name, first of all, it's not biblical. Second of all, it's a coward. 
And so I just, I just throw it away because that's not biblical. You, you have an issue, you, go, you, you do it like a man. You do it like a, a woman of God, and you deal with the issue, and you write your name down. Uh, but so I've had, these, I, I've had these over the years, you know, people write a letter, and they've signed it, right? And I used to keep them in my drawer. And my wife said to me one time, she says, I know, I understand why you keep the good letters, but why do you keep the negative letters? And I told my wife, I said, because the negative letters make me a lot better. See, the good letter, I'm like, oh, thank you. That's great. The negative one gets me thinking. The negative one keeps me up a little bit at night. The negative one makes me think, am I missing something here? Can I learn something from this? Is there something that I can do better? And so, see, God, God, listen to me. God even uses the devil for his own purpose. Come on, somebody. Now, I'm not calling these people the devil. <laughs> but God even uses the devil to fulfill his own purposes. And so God could use a bad thing to teach me a good lesson. Come on, somebody. Amen? So we stay faithful, we stay available, and we stay teachable. The third characteristic of an awesome volunteer is a make-no-excuse volunteer. Now, now everyone at one time or another in life will have life happen to them. How many of you have life happen to you? You know what I'm talking about. Life happens to all of us. Kids get sick. Cars break down. Jobs change. Life happens to all of us. So, you know, and we, when that happens, we have a good conversation and we figure out what we're going to do as life is happening to you so that you can stay engaged in doing what you do best, right, as a volunteer. But life happens to everyone. But, but a no-excuse volunteer is, is a volunteer that, that sees that their part is so vital. Like last week when I talked about, you know, the orchestra, the symphony, and the person with that, that silver triangle, ding. And if they're not there to ding it, man, the whole song is off, right? And so everybody plays its vital part in the body of Christ. And the Bible tells us that every piece is vital. The pieces that you don't see of my body are doing some really important things to help me to do what I'm doing right now, to talk to you. Every part of the body is important. So a no-excuse person says, hey, listen, I've got an important job to do. I've got to be, I'm a, I'm a greeter outside, and I've, I've got to greet people, and somebody's going to come today, and they're really going to be upset, and they're going to be depressed, and they're going to see my smiling face, and they're going to go, wow, somebody loves me, and I'm welcome at that church. I can't tell you how many times people have told me the reason why they came to Bethlehem the second time was because there was somebody outside in the foyer that had a smile on their face, and they greeted them with such, uh, such welcoming love that they said, wow, I'm welcome in this place. I want to come back next time. So we're all vital. We're all so critical to what we do, and a no-excuse volunteer sees what they do as vital. They see the bigger picture. They see the part that they play in the organization as a critical part of the overall mission. And they do whatever it takes to follow through on their commitment. They have zero, zero flake factor. You know what I'm talking about. If they say they're going to be there, they do everything they can to show up. If they say that they're going to contribute, they do everything they can to make the sacrifice that they have to make. They hack, they tinker, they problem solve, they do whatever it takes to show up 
and contribute. And to those people that are here in this room, you know who I'm talking about, those that are watching via live stream, thank you, thank you, thank you for being a no-excuse kind of a person who says, I'm going to be faithful to the commitment that I made to the Lord. They have encountered life just like we have encountered life. They've encountered trials just like everyone else. They've dealt with tragedy just like anyone else. They've battled with sickness. They've lost loved ones. They've confronted devils and demons in their life. But something inside makes a no-excuse volunteer cause them to say, I will stay focused. I will stay faithful. I will stay committed. I will stay connected. And I will stay steady no matter what it happens in my life. Number four, the fourth characteristic of an awesome volunteer is selflessness. Awesome volunteers think less about what they can get out of the experience and more about what they can contribute. Let me say that again because that's really important. Awesome volunteers think less about what they can get out of the experience and more about what they can contribute. They're servants at heart. They're servants at heart. Now, I want to be honest with you. Some people come to me and they say, Pastor Steve, I want to be a teacher at Bethlehem Assembly of God because I've been called to teach. I have a teacher's anointing. And Pastor Steve, you need to let me teach on a Sunday morning. And the first thing I do is hand them a toilet bowl scrubber and tell them, you want to teach? The first lesson you need to learn is how to be a servant. And you have to learn how to serve. And to be faithful in the little things before God can give you greater things. I remember as a youth pastor, you know, I I believe God called me to teach. I believe that God called me to preach. But God gave me so many opportunities to serve first before I would ever be able to teach. I, I, I even remember when I was in Bible school, Pastor Rabineau, who's a great friend of mine, a dear, dear, he's still a mentor of mine. I remember he said to me, he said, you go to Bible school. And you get trained, and after you get trained in Bible school, I'll give you a full-time job. I'll never forget that. And I had to wait years before he ever allowed me to preach my first sermon. Years. And I used to say to myself, hey, when is he going to let me preach? And God knew that I was arrogant, that I thought more about myself than I really needed to think about myself. And God knew there was a timing for everything. And I just needed to be faithful in the things that God called me to do, drive the kids Pick up the van, wash the van, do the car washes, do the little Bible studies, get on the phone with these kids and minister to them because a time is coming when I'm going to ask you to do what you have been meant to do. But right now I'm fashioning your character. I'm fashioning your motives, your agendas, and I want to turn you into a servant. I love what it says in Philippians chapter 2. Listen what Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 2. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. You know, I know some people that want to use their talents and abilities for their own purpose, huh? Rather, in humility, humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but to each of you, to the interests of others. In your relationships with another person, Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. 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 
Here's the God who created the heavens and the earth. Here's the God who's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And the Bible says that Jesus made himself nothing. You see, when you become nothing, then you can do everything. Come on, somebody. Let me say that again. When you are nothing, when you make yourself of nothing, you humble yourself, then you can do everything. And that's what God's looking for is faithful, available, teachable people that are able to do everything. Fifthly, the fifth awesome characteristic of an awesome volunteer is they see the big picture. They always see themselves as part of the mission of the church. They see themselves as part of the core values and the vision of where the church or the organization is going. And they, they know their part. And they know that they're a part of this incredible vision. And they're going in the same direction as the leadership is going in. You know, I, I, I get a kick out of some people. They say, Pastor Steve, we love you. We love you. We, 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 we love you. Pastor, we, we honor you. We respect you. You're our pastor. And I'm like, okay, we're going to do 40 days of prayer. And I want all you to get in a small group. And, and I want you to find somebody you could be a part of a scroll, small group. And these folks over here that are not really a part of the big picture. No, no, no. You, you, yeah, God bless you, Pastor Steve. Come on, we're going to go we're going to go this way. We, 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 guys, we're going this way. Yeah, God bless you, Pastor Steve. We got our Bible study already. We figured it all out. We know where we're going. We know what we're doing. See, they're not a part of the bigger vision, the bigger part of the picture. But a, an awesome volunteer in a church is, an, is a volunteer that, that has decided to align themselves with the greater vision. Align themselves with the greater vision. Align themselves with the core values of the church. And sixthly, the sixth characteristic of an awesome volunteer is they love to be a part of a team and they reflect it in everything they do. Somebody said volunteering is about working towards something bigger than yourself. Great volunteers distance themselves from petty fights and politics because they're focused on the more important things. They know their role on the team. They know they're a part of a team, and they work together as a team. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we looked at it last week, but 1 Corinthians chapter 12 tells us that, that every one of us are a part of the body of Christ, and every one of us are members of one body. But listen what it says in Romans chapter 12 now. Listen what it says. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and reasonable act of worship. For by the grace, verse 3, given me, I say to every one of you, don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought to, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each one of you. For just as each of you has one body with many members, and these members... Do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. The word in, in the Greek for gift is, is charisma. And when we talk about somebody has charisma, we talk about something that just comes naturally to them. They just do it naturally. And the truth of the matter is, is a gift from God is given to each one of us to do something supernaturally and naturally, something that comes so naturally to us. And so there are some things that I do 
that are natural to me. They just come natural to me. And there are some things that I can't do and I'm not going to try to do that. Why? Because it's I didn't receive the grace. That word grace is really connected to the gift that we get. So so I do what I do because I have grace on my life to do it. You do what you do because you have grace. Did you ever watch a young person? Did you ever watch somebody work with people that are difficult to work with? Did you ever did you ever walk into a children's, you know, a class full of children or a children's church and you see the workers and you go, I could never do that. I don't know how they do that. Or do you ever you hear somebody that leads worship like Dallas leads worship and say, I could never. You know why you couldn't? Because that's not the grace that God has put on your life. It might be. You have to discover it, but maybe it's not. And so you find the place that God has graced you, gifted you. Some of those things may be things that are unseen to anyone else, but God has given you the grace for it, and he remembers what you do, and he gives you even more greater honor than the honor that I get because you're doing it secretly unto the Lord. But each person, according to their gift, we do what we do. So the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12, we have different gifts according to the grace that is given us. If your gift is in preaching, then preach in accordance to your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's encouraging, then do, do it with the grace that God has given you. If it's given, then give generously. If it's to lead, then do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. There it is. Doing it with all of our heart because the grace of God is on us. And lastly, as the worship team comes, the seventh characteristic of an awesome volunteer is patient flexibility, patient flexibility. Paul tells the church at Thessalonica, we always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work, your service, your passionate professionalism, your make no excuse showing up every Sunday, your work, your labor, your love produced by faith, prompted by love, and your endurance, your flexibility inspired by the hope that you have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Awesome volunteers understand that all great organizations have to grow. All great organizations have to evolve. All great organizations change. And they require tremendous amounts of flexibility and patience. And today, on Volunteer Day, I want to tell all of you folks in this room who have served with unbelievably incredible professionalism and faithfulness, I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. I want to say thank you for every volunteer that shows up every week. Every volunteer that makes no excuses, that works as a part of a team, who serves tirelessly, that has a tremendous attitude of selflessness in everything they do, who sees the big picture, who's remained flexible over the years. Hey, hey, Esther, this church was a lot different when you first started coming to this church. Esther, remember when there was pews in the church? You couldn't move the pews? Esther, do you remember when there was, um, remember when there was uh, a, a piano here and just an organ on that side? 
And Naomi, bless her heart, Sister Naomi, she was in her 70s. She played the piano. And, and Sister uh, Trudy Nega would play the organ, and we'd play, we'd, we'd sing hymns. We'd sing every hymn in the book, right? And it was a very different church. It was a very traditional church, right? And there was no black platform. There was no lights on the stage. The pastor always wore a suit to church. No red shoes, never. Very different church. And over the years, there have been volunteers that have seen the church go up and down, grow, expand, go through tough times, go through hard times. But awesome volunteers, they do it as unto the Lord. And they stay faithful because they know that they're doing it not for the pastor, but for, for the master. And they weather the storms and they, they stay on board. And they just stay at their station. They don't panic. They don't panic and say, what's happening to the church? I can't believe the pastor showed up in red shoes today. I'm leaving my post. I can't believe it. I don't believe pastors should preach in red shoes. Oh, no, it's okay. It's okay. Now, if the pastor got up and said, Jesus is not God, then you need to have run like the house is on fire. But, but, but. But awesome volunteers, they're just, they're just steady and flexible over the years because they know that organizations, they need to change, need to grow. They need to become more fruitful. And what we did yesterday, sometimes we can't do today because we got to grow. We got to learn. And we have to let God receive all the glory as we become more fruitful in everything we do. Let me pray with you today. Let me say again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Here's the way I want to pray. I'm going to pray two prayers. One, I'm going to pray, and next week we're going to unpackage a little bit more about how you now, if you're not volunteering, you're not serving, how you can find your shape, your ability to, to be able to get involved, man. Get in the game, man. Let me tell you something. I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. I, some of you, you've been showing up for a long time, and you haven't been serving. I don't know how do you keep on showing up. After a while, I get bored. I just get bored. I got to be in the game. I got to take ownership. I got to find a place where I can begin to serve because you know what? The best part of being a Christian is serving the Lord. Hallelujah. Is bringing all of our gifts, all of our talents, all of our treasures to God and say, God, I can't wait to see how you're going to use all of that for the glory of your kingdom. That's the best part of life is, is contributing bringing something back, giving back to God. So I'm going to pray for you today that, that the Lord would just bless you today. And the Lord begin to speak into your heart to show you that you need to get involved. The first place you need to get involved is foundations class, but you need to get involved and, and start learning and growing so you can start serving. Our, our, our mission statement is we make disciples that love, that grow, and that serve. Love, grow, serve. And so, Father, I pray for everyone in this room, Lord, that every person in this room would be a servant, oh God. Jesus, when, when we cry out, Lord, make me like you, Lord, the first thing you say is become a servant, Lord. You washed your disciples' feet, Lord. That's what you did. You washed their feet, Lord. And you said, if anyone wants to be like me, he must wash someone else's feet, Lord. We pray today that you would make us servants. Help us to serve one another in practical ways, Lord. 
God, help us to get out of our own little box, Lord, and stop feeling sorry for ourselves and start serving, Lord, in the, in the body of Christ, serving people. And you always remember what we do, Lord. And now I want to pray for those that we called up before. I'm going to ask you to do one thing again for me. And all those that volunteer, because, you know, look at me, everybody. A couple of months ago, you guys, you loved on me, and I'm still, I'm still living off of that. I'm just so blessed by what you did. But today, again, it's not about me. It's about the volunteers because I couldn't do what I do without the volunteers. There's no way in the world. And they deserve as much credit, more credit than I get. And, you know, these people, they've gone through some really tough times in their life, but they're there serving. And I, I remember that you guys prayed for me on my 25th, and I want to pray for my volunteers. I want to pray for our volunteers because I want to let them know how much I love them and we love them and we honor them. And so if you are a volunteer in this church, no matter how long, maybe you just started last week, would you just stand one more time? Would you just stand one more time? Please stand. Please stand. Thank you for honoring me. Now let me honor you. Let me bless you. Let me love on you a little bit. And so I want you, if you're volunteering, look at all you guys in the balcony. Please don't. Don't stay in the balcony when I, when, I, when I ask you to do this. Come out. Come. I want you all, and if you're in the cafe, you come as well. Come right up here for a minute. We're not, it's not going to be a long thing, but just come. We want to bless you today. We want to pray for you today. Come on. Come on. Just come on out and just stand right here. Just stand right here. We want to bless you today. Come on. If you're volunteering, come on. Come on. You're standing. Come on. Come on out. Come on. Come on. You think I'm going to bite you? Come on. Come around this way. Come around this way. Come around this way. Come on in the balcony. Come on. Come on. Okay, folks, these folks, every week, they serve. And you know what? Life happens to these folks all the time. Some of these folks, they, they get sick. Some of these folks have lost some loved ones in their life. Some of them have lost husbands and wives and children. But they kept serving no matter what. Some of them are going through some stuff. How many of you are going through stuff right now, volunteers? <laughs> I think we all should get up now, stand up. And some of us, if we can make our way, we should, we should try to gather around them and just extend our hand towards them today and tell them that we love them. And in a moment, when we finish, you're going to hug them and tell them, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for what you do. We appreciate you. But we're going to love on them today. If, if you're standing, just slip out of your seat wherever you are and just come around some of these folks and let's just pray for them right now. Let's pray for our volunteers. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah, one of my favorite. Come over here, Johnny. This is one of my favorite volunteers. This guy, you can't wipe a smile. Come on up here. You can't wipe a smile off of this guy's face. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. Amen. Amen. Would you come live with me? You, you don't have to go. I know you're like planning a movie or so Forget about it. I got to, I got to, forget, don't listen to your parents. You come live with me. Yeah, who are they? <laughs> I got a room for you. I'll feed you as much as you want. You can't leave New York, brother. This kid is working with the, his, this young man is working with the kids every week, dancing with them. You got to see this guy in, in operation, man. It's amazing to watch him. Let's pray for our volunteers right now. Father, we just thank you so much for these incredible volunteers, Lord. God, 
There's no way in the world, no way that we could do what we do at Bethlehem without these incredible people, Lord Jesus. Lord, I know you'll remember everything that they've done unto you, Lord. But today, Lord, Lord, as a family, we want to celebrate them, Lord God. And we want to say thank you for all that they do, Father God. Lord, would you minister to them today, Lord God? Would you help them to remember the things that, that only you can remember, Father God? And Lord, we give you praise for that, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to show you something before you leave. I want to show you. While you're standing up here, volunteers, I want to show you something. You see this lady right here? Wow, I'm pretty big. Take care of that gray right there. This lady, she came to Hope Day with her daughter. And some of you served the hot dog. Some of you set up a chair. Some of you gave her groceries. She came to Hope Day. She wanted to be here today, but she had to work today to give you her personal testimony. She came to Hope Day with her daughter on Saturday. They were leaving Hope Day, and the daughter said, hey, they're having service in the park tomorrow. Can we go back? She said, no, I don't think we can go. Her daughter said, Mom, Mom, we can't have fun on a Saturday and not go to church on Sunday. I think to myself, churches should be fun, right? But So she said, okay, we'll go. So they came to church. She came to church with her children. She's got five children, and she's a widow. Five children. When she came to church on Sunday morning, she heard me preaching a sermon on the widow who was at her last, a last straw, and she wanted to give up. I was preaching a sermon on a woman who said, just let me eat my last meal. I want to die. And she heard the sermon just a couple of weeks before. She said, God, I want to die. I, I don't have any more strength to live. She said, Pastor, when I heard you preach that sermon, I gave my heart to Jesus. She said, and I'm so happy today that I'm here. And I gave her a big hug. She's been coming to church ever since with her five kids. Her kids are involved in the church today. She's growing. She's learning. And God's doing the work in her life. Why did I tell you this story? Because what you do at Bethlehem Assembly of God whether you set up a chair or you smile. She said to me, she said, Pastor Steve, the reason why I came back on Sunday morning is there were so many people that were hugging me. There were so many people that were telling me I was welcome to come to this church. See, I want to connect what you do to the bigger picture. That's the bigger picture. A soul is going to heaven and all of heaven rejoices today because of what you do. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. And may the Lord make his face to shine upon you. And may the Lord be gracious to you. And may you give, have strength each and every day to remember God never forgets what you do for him. In Jesus' name, amen.